I've been writing guest columns for my hometown Pittsburgh Post-Gazette for nearly 20 years, including a column each year celebrating the Christmas season. So when the editor of the paper's goodness section asked Pittsburgh readers to submit stories about their favorite present from a past Christmas, I thought I had the perfect gift. My childhood Christmases in Pittsburgh were not always merry. Pittsburgh may have been going through a renaissance in the late 1940s and early 1950s, but it had little effect on my working-class family. Every Christmas, my mother warned me not to expect too much because Santa Claus always seemed to be having a bad year. There were plenty of bad Christmases when I was growing up, but there was a year when Santa outdid himself. Under our Christmas tree was a baseball board game that was no less than a Christmas miracle. Christmas! <laughs> I'd become a diehard baseball fan ever since I saw my first Pirates game in the spring of 1948 when I was nine years old. And now here was a game that promised to give me the joy throughout a cold Pittsburgh winter of creating my own games until the next baseball season. The game, made of wood, was 23 by 23 inches in dimensions. It came with miniature plastic players as well as a small plastic baseball and wooden bat. The board, with its tan infield and green outfield, was painted to resemble a major league field. The outfield was ringed off with white lines into diminishing areas for singles, doubles, and triples, and had small pockets of green marked off in deep left and right center field for home runs. You place the ball which had a flat surface that made it look like half a baseball on home plate and swung at it with the bat. If it landed on a line, the batter was out. If you hit the ball and knocked over a plastic player, you were also out. The board game was fun to play, but the truly magical feature of the game was, oddly enough, the foul areas where autographs of all-stars from the National and American Leagues had been imprinted in white on the green surface. I didn't have much trouble identifying the National League All-Stars, including future Hall of Fame Cardinals Enos Slaughter and Al Shandens from the 1946 World Series championship team because I had seen most of them play against the Pirates. Thanks to my baseball cards, I was able to identify most of the All-Stars in the American League, though I needed help from my father with a few of the lesser-known players. That winter, I played game after game while I waited for baseball's opening day. When I lost some of the plastic ball players, I replaced them with cavalry from my Fort Apache set. When I lost the plastic ball, I replaced it with a small lead ball that was one of the prizes in a gumball machine. When I lost the wooden bat, I replaced it with a crayon. No matter how the field began to resemble the Island of Misfit Toys, it was still my field of dreams. I don't know what happened to that board game. It's likely that it ended up in our attic once I was spending time on real baseball fields until my mother thought it was taking up too much room and pitched it out. Over the years, I've tried to find some information about my long-lost board game. I'm woefully inept on the computer, but I've talked to research librarians during my visits to the Baseball Hall of Fame and scanned through the Smithsonian book on the finest baseball collections in the world and found board games dating back to the late 19th century. The section on board games included Kadeko's All-Star Baseball Game, the most popular board game ever invented, but there was no sign of my baseball board game. 
When I sent my story to the Post-Gazette, Bob Batts, the editor of its goodness section, decided to run his own search for my board game and found it online, but without its players, ball, and bat. When my story appeared in the Post-Gazette, Bob included a postscript and a photo of the game. I also received word from Craig Britcher, curator at the Western Pennsylvania Sports Museum, that famed abstract artist Jackson Pollock had a relative who worked at R.J. Raff, the company that made the board game. Pollock's relative gave him the unused boards and unsold games. Pollock painted over the unused boards and used the unsold games for the floor of his barn. This past Christmas, my cherished board game was under our tree. While it brought back emotions when I first saw the game, I have to confess that my wife Anita and I closely examined the board for paint stains. But it doesn't look like a trip to the Antique Roadshow is in our future. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.